It's one of it's one of those two items I'm thinking wasn't as well as good the second day. Oh. Ah, because last night I went to the movie, you know, had that for dinner, went to the movies, no problem. Tonight had it for the di- for dinner, was watching Netflix, was like, oh, I better pause this or turn it off, and go to the bathroom. And with that, we open another episode <laughs> of True North Nerd. Yay! This is the True North Nerds podcast. <laughs> Yay! <laughs> So this week we have Kevin. Hello. We have Ryan. Whose stomach doesn't always agree with the food he eats. <laughs> we have Jen. Hello. And we have Snowhawk Cosplay. Hello. This week we will be reviewing Ant-Man and the Wasp. Woo. It will be spoiler filled once we get to that point. Uh, so this is your warning now. If you don't want to know what happens in the movie, uh, come back later. Well, a spoiler right now. They shrink. There you go. What? Well, don't leave yet because we're not talking about it now. Yeah. Well, Le- yeah. Leave in about half oh, an hour. Go see the movie. <laughs> and then come back and listen to the whole thing. Yeah, Actually, depending on where your movie theater is, listen to this on, on your, your way? way to see the movie. Pause it. See the movie. Come out of the theater and put it back up. You know what? Be a real rebel. Listen to this during the movie. <laughs> and put it put on. This yeah, is the I, live audio, audio <laughs> content. <coughs> for Ant-Man and the Lost. Put it on full blast and annoy everybody yeah. that's in the theater with you. Yeah, it sounded like the assholes who were sitting behind us when we saw Jurassic World last oh, night. Jesus. Oh, Jesus. We talked through it the whole in movie. Oh, I hate that. I was about to snap. You should have. <laughs> See, they must have been sitting right behind you because I... Don't remember hearing them during oh, the movie. I was about to snap. <laughs> I was getting worried we were going to have that kind of crowd at the beginning because it was just like the opening like credits or like the trailers are starting and everybody's still talking and talking and talking and talking. Like We were past the commercials part People into the trailers. The yeah, don't do it. Jen and I uh, had that for due date, I think the movie was. Robert Downey Jr. and um, Zach, Zach Galifianakis. Oh, yeah, but the good thing, movie. like, so I went and complained, is like, why do you, why do you have ushers if they don't do their job? So they gave us free tickets, which nice. was great because the movie was shitty anyway. Yeah, that was not <laughs> so, a good movie. It's like, uh, thank you for ruining that movie because it wasn't good, and now I get to see something I like. All right. So we will start this episode with uh, the news because there's a chunk of. Uh, I got at least one page. And we've got like two sad things too. Yeah. Well, I was going to start with one sad thing. Okay. You start out of the way. Well, we'll start with the first sad thing and then Uh, talk about the second sad thing and then get it all done. (laughs) Steve Ditko passed away. Yeah. Last week. He's one of, one of the last of that era of comic guys that are left. Yeah. For those who don't yeah, know, Stan. Yeah, he's the or other he, guy. I was trying to think about it. Is it basically Stan is the last one. guy left? Can only be one. Stan has all the power now. And, well, not according to his lawyers and the, the current And situation. Boom Studios and, uh, yeah. yeah. But we're not getting into that. Yeah. 
But yeah, he uh, was 90-something. 90. And uh, apparently passed away a day or two before they found him. Yeah. Check in on your old loved ones, people. Don't let them... Well, that's the thing, is he doesn't really have any. Yeah. His... Leave them in the car with the windows up. Exactly. The, uh, the, uh, have you pet spayed or neutered? A nephew, they believe, who lived in Pennsylvania, but was never married, didn't have children. Uh-huh. Um, it's it's hard to... like. It's a, Jack Kirby's the, the comic book artist that gets ballyhooed a lot, right? Mm-hmm. But it's really hard to overstate how important Ditko was to Marvel. Yep. Because, well, Spider-Man, Spider-Man. Yep. is the one that always pops up. And Doctor Strange being another one. And like, and then he would go to Charlton where he would create the question and eventually kind of get weirder and weirder with his characters and then just take like work for higher jobs just basically for money that <clears throat> while working on like personal stuff that was really kind of into his philosophical leanings, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, and I know nothing about him unless until we watched that thing on Steve Ditko yes- yesterday? The day before? Uh, on YouTube? Two days ago, yeah. yeah. What was that? Uh, it was a BBC. In Search of Steve Ditko? I think yeah, it was BBC Four did a documentary years ago called I think you've In Search of Steve Ditko. may have mentioned yeah. this. Yeah, he seemed like a really weird guy. Because <laughs> well, he still were... had an office, right? Yeah. That you could just walk up to and. Uh, and knock he on still the door. had it after that show. He never was, changed, uh, probably because of rent control in New York. Yeah. Like, he probably lucked out. What's his name? Jonathan. What's his name? <coughs> Jonathan Ross. Ross, that's his last name. And Neil Gaiman went and found him. <laughs> We, and we, they went up and talked to him. They didn't film hmm. that part though because he didn't want. Anybody yeah, didn't want to be on film. Well, they, yeah. like that's the thing is, like there there's only like two or three mm. known photographs of Ditko, all of which are from like the fifties or sixties. Mm-hmm. Well, two of which are like from then, and one of which is like from his high school yearbook or something. Wow. Um, he was not big on press. He didn't do conventions. His. Um, his original art pages are very hard to come by. Like, there's not, there, there's some out there, but it's not like Kirby or uh, other artists of his era, like uh, Gil Kane and guys like that, where there's like, there's so much work out there that, like, yeah. even I can probably afford a Kirby page at this point. Like, <laughs> not anything really good, but yeah. there's just so much of it out there that he worked on that mm. it's. It's relatively accessible. Ditko was like a hermit, right? He didn't talk to anybody. I don't. Well, know what... he was. He got into Anne Rand's objectivism oh. from the Fountainhead and all that sort of stuff. And he, when he's one of those guys that, um, if you wronged him, you were out. Yeah. You were like there was very rarely a case of where if he had a falling out with somebody that it 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 was rectified. Mm-hmm. And that's that's supposedly the kid, like in the documentary they talked to Stan Lee about well what happened between the two of you and you get the the general opinion that Stan doesn't really know and even though Ditko basically released sort of a quasi statement of like he knows what he did yeah <laughs> but like Stan's like no no I don't and like other than you kind of get the idea that. You know, there was political differences between the two, obviously, but it's it's a little it's a little weird that like, you know, the guy who was 
at the the creation of Spider-Man and Doctor Strange, both of whom have had major film releases yep. in the last couple of years. And, you know, he's nowhere to be seen or involved with it. Basically, by choice, the, the guys who did the uh, director of Doctor Strange and the producers basically said, um, because they asked, well, did you try to contact him? And then they're like, no, we kind of figure he doesn't want to be contacted over it, so we left him alone. Like yeah. if if he calls us, that's something different. But like we, we weren't going to bother him. Countless Spider-Man movies without contacting him before. Yeah, yeah. why start now? But it's it, it's just it's a little sad to see that like there's another one gone. Like if, mm-hmm. like I Stanley's left. Um... I don't, are I any guess. of the big DC guys from that era still around? Infantino or Kane? Or? Yeah, I'm not sure. I don't Kane's been gone, gone for a years. number of years. Fingers been gone for years. Well, yeah, well, he's been gone since like the 60s or 70s. Yeah. The, um, I guess, really, Joe Simon's one of the 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 few guys left from that era. But even he he sort of predates that almost, right? Mm. Um, Ramita Senior's gone, right? I think, because you don't see him doing conventions anymore, no. and Kubert Kubert Senior's gone, and it's, you know, it's, we're we're gearing up for the day where eventually Stan's going to be gone too. Like Stan's yeah. in his nineties, yep. So a little bit sad, but it, it's going to happen to all of us, unfortunately. Uh-huh. Yep. And along with that, Harlan Ellison died last week, which is a name that some of our listeners might know. Maybe not a he, lot. Uh, I was, don't. He was a very influential science fiction writer in the 60s. Uh, to his chagrin, the thing he's most well-known for probably is the most popular episode of Star Trek, uh, City on the Edge of Forever, where they, where Spock and Kirk go back in time and they have to let Edith Keeler die in order for World War II to happen properly. It's a really good episode. It's it's brilliant. Uh, he doesn't like what they did to his script uh, because you know television's a collaborative medium, and he felt like he wrote a brilliant piece of fiction, and they shouldn't have touched it at all. Uh, <laughs> but that, but that's his, sort of his, his script made the Scotty court. a drug addict, so um, you know yeah. it probably needed to be tweaked. Uh, he was a well-known, uh, whenever you saw interviews with him, he always came across as crotchety and I get off my lawn, you stupid kids kind of a guy. Uh, but future Brent. Yeah. But, <laughs> but he was, future he was Brent. a brilliant writer and, uh, and very, uh, very well renowned in the, uh, in the science. He worked on Babylon 5 he did quite a, a bit. bit yeah. He, uh, he wrote a really good issue of Daredevil actually after the, the Frank Miller run. Um, he, like he 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 was a lifelong lover of comics. Who every once in a while he got to step into it, and it was never for a long period of time. He'd do an issue here, or an issue there. He was um, not the not the sort of like oh that's going to be not be terrible, but like his comic collection when it goes up for auction, assuming it does so in the probably in the next five to ten years, is going to be one of those ones that you hear about. Mm-hmm. Because he had like like he had all the original key issues and stuff from when he was a kid, and all saved and put away, and like some of those real rare ones that were like the the World's Fair books and stuff like that. The DC would kind of do. They were sort of like official, unofficial Superman stories. Oh, okay, yeah. So 
he had the original some of those stuff, yeah. And uh, and the the other thing he's sort of known for is uh, he wrote a couple episodes of The Outer Limits that got ripped off and turned into the Terminator. Yeah. <laughs> so if you if you watch the first Terminator movie, he gets like this weird kind of acknowledgement credit at the end of the movie because he found out that it was like they had taken some of his ideas for Terminator and then sued him over it. And, nice. Good for him. Yeah. It, 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 every interview you read about him is like, or a lot of the memoriam pieces are kind of weird because it's like Harlan Ellison was an asshole, <laughs> but he was our asshole. Like, you yeah. know, that kind of guy. Like, he was. A lot of people are like, like he only referred to me by my last name. <laughs> like, it's, but yeah, and he was. I want to say he was in his eighties or. Yeah, he was up there. Yeah, he had been having health problems the last couple of years, apparently. But So, do we have, like, happy news? Well, we've got all <laughs> kinds of different movie news. Okay. Movie news is happy, right? Sometimes. Sometimes. Usually. <laughs> uh, so, we remember we've talked about the upcoming Spawn remake. There's a Spawn yeah. remake? Yeah. Well, or reboot or Reboot, something. remake, new movie. Jamie Foxx had been signed There's on last week. Spawn. Yeah. Um, I didn't realize McFarlane is actually directing it himself. Oh, is he still directing it? That's okay. Yep. And the latest announcement, they've cast Jeremy Renner to be more or less the main character called He's Twitch. Twitch. He's one of the cops. Yeah. Which I guess goes back to that whole when we were discussing it, how you know how they're getting around in the special effects of Spawn. If it's going to be this cheap movie, well, they're not going to be showing Spawn. Spawn's going to be the shark. Yeah, and Jaws. That's how that's how McFarlane keeps referring to it. Yeah. So most of the, like Jeremy Renner's character is going to be the main character. So it'll be more or less probably like our you know our point of the our point of view, the audience point of view. He'll be a, you know a cop on the force with all this crap going on and Spawn running around and. I've never seen the Spawn movie. You're not missing much. Yeah, that's why I've never seen it, because every time I mention that, whoever I'm talking to, (coughs) you're not missing anything. It wasn't bad for its time. No. It's a complete 90s movie. Yeah. Yeah. Michael J. White. Yeah, Mm -hmm. like, there's good aspects of it, but there's, like, the makeup job they do on, what's his name, John Leguizamo, to turn him into the, the clown violator, is really, really good. That still stands up. It's just more the... The, some the of the special in effects. The story is kind of eh, and the because the other thing was is like they were trying to make it too much of like the first of the image movies in some ways, and yeah. but the image was already starting to fracture at that point, so they had to change shit. And but uh, it, it, it's okay. the The animated series, the HBO animated series, that was, was fantastic, good, yeah. and. Yet, no Blu-ray release for it. You can hmm. find it on DVD, but not Blu-ray. Hmm. Well, it wasn't an HD show, right? No, but they could go in and clean it up and <laughs> put it all on one disc. And seeing as you brought that, I'll skip to my next story. Uh, there's been an announcement that Batman the Animated Series is going to stream in HD on DC Universe. Yep. So that'll be one of the, uh, the shows in the app. There's it, still no word whether DC Universe will be available up here. Nope. And no price point or anything. Yeah, there's, it's still vague, a lot of the details. I think we should play the game, will this be announced at San Diego next weekend? <laughs> yeah. Well, they're going to have a whole interactive uh, display at San Diego, apparently. Mm-hmm. So maybe it's the beta version of the app. 
Now, something from that's already been pushed back, right? Like, is it Titans or Young Justice? Young oh. Justice has been pushed back um, till 2019. Okay. Um, and I think Titans is still supposed to come out. But, like, late this year, I think, isn't it? Yeah, well, I, I don't know if it's supposed to be... I, I saw something about it, but I'm not sure. I still assumed it was going to be you know, one of the first shows with the app when the app launches. But I don't know. There was a list of episode titles for Titans that got leaked. And each episode was named after a character. Oh, okay. Which was kind of interesting. Let me see if I can... Yeah, so well, while you look that up, the other thing I had, I, the other kind of good news, big news, I was I saw and I was like, oh great, Ed's going to be on this episode. I'll bring this up, and then you went and spoiled it on Facebook no, by tagging okay. him in the article. Doesn't matter. <laughs> well, unless people are. What article? Well, no. So the, uh, we'll still. So, a few episodes back, we talked about there the some of the original writers being brought back in to work on a script for a sequel to the original RoboCop movie. Oh. And now, apparently, Neil Blomkamp has been, is going to be directing this sequel. Uh, those original writers are on as producers, and uh, what's his name? I wrote his name down here somewhere. Uh, Justin Rhodes has been brought on to rewrite uh, a, the original, I guess, an unused original Sequel script. Well, apparently this script is a couple years old, and part of what got like, not a couple, a couple decades old. Oh, it's, is it that it's old? <laughs> okay, decades. So old. apparently they uh, they are one of the uh, one of the things that they're touting in interviews right now is that like they predicted that a reality TV star would become president of the United States, and I'm like, well, yeah, but that, uh, there's a bunch of things that have predicted that at this point. Uh, the, the, to quote uh, South Park, Simpsons did it first. Yeah, yep. exactly. <laughs> um, Isn't there already like three RoboCop movies plus a new one? <laughs> See, that's the thing: is the original RoboCop has two sequels. Uh, two is good. There was an animated series too, wasn't there? Yeah, uh, three is not. And a so whole live-action TV series. Oh, there was a t- there was a live-action show too. Yep, shot in Toronto. Huh. Yeah. And then you have the remake from 2014. It should never been remade. Mm, yeah. Made that in the first place. It was. Pretty well. So it wasn't garbage. It was forgettable. So there's, like, there's four nothing RoboCop about that movie movies. I can tell you about. Five. There's no, five. There's four, there's four there's RoboCop movies. movies. Yeah. And now they're that making another th- one. No, there's four attached there's to the original. Four. There was four that were re- released theatrically. Yeah. And then you had the RoboCop TV series, oh. the RoboCop animated series from '87. Okay, so what's there's this movie? two? Is no, the there's two animated one? series because there's that one with the Alpha Commandos or something too. There's the original one that Mar- Marvel Animation did, and then there was one after that that I don't think lasted as long. They're saying this is supposed to be a sequel to like the original one that yeah. already has a sequel. So it's like RoboCop one and a half. Yeah, pretty nice. much. It's like Superman Returns is a sequel to Superman Man 2. 2. Yeah. <laughs> We're just going to forget all those other ones happened. Which is funny because Neil Blomkamp was attached to an Aliens movie that was going to do the exact same thing. Yep. He was behind the the one that was going to be like, okay, so Alien happened, Aliens happened, and then nothing else. Has he made a a hit movie since District 9? No. Uh, Elysium came out, and it was not very good. It looked spectacular, though. (laughs) 
That's so the one thing. His movies consistently have really good sci-fi special effects. Was he the one who did Chappie? Chappie. Yeah. Which is... I actually I kind of enjoyed that actually, movie. But I think I've only seen the beginning and the end. Did he do that hardcore Henry? No, that's no. Shelto Copley. That's was, the actor. Is the actor he oh, puts yeah. in everything? He's in it, but... Um, he's done a couple short films online that he's been trying to build. Well, he's got a like, YouTube channel, doesn't yeah, he? I, you know what? I follow that YouTube channel because I saw that they were doing these videos and they looked really cool. I don't think I've actually watched a single video from that I YouTube channel. I watched one or two of them and they're pretty cool. The idea is is he's it's an independent studio that he set up, so yeah. this might be a way of him getting money to to do more stuff that he wants to do on. Right, his own. If something becomes you know gets popular on YouTube, then they can expand it into a movie. Because he's one of those guys who was he get getting attached to projects that just fell apart. Like yeah. part of the reason District Nine happened, like got money. Is he was supposed to do the Halo movie based on the video game, mm-hmm. and just like last minute, the entire financial structure of that film fell apart. Fell apart. That's why if you watch that film, uh, some of the prop rifles in it look like the Halo battle rifle. It's because uh, they had already, already gotten that building. far, and they just they painted them white. And <laughs> yes. It took me three tries to watch District Nine. The first two times, I fell asleep <coughs> during it. And I've never, I never fall asleep during movies. So no. it was just, I don't know. Maybe I don't know if it's him or his movies don't grab me. You don't like people turning into giant bugs? Mm, well, once I watched it, it was okay, but it took me, like I said, three goes to just get. District I I Nine, I really liked, but the Chappie was okay. Uh, but like, like what Ryan says, he's really good at visuals. Mm-hmm. So we'll we'll see how it goes, or if it goes, this could, this could fall apart we, just like a bunch we, of other we movies. We should have been watching his Alien movie by I, now. I think that's not happening. I think so. that like District Nine was a uh, a movie that could only have been made in South Africa. Mm-hmm. It was a South African movie through yeah. and through. Yeah. And I think maybe that's where Blumkamp should be focusing is telling more South African stories. Like you can't you, you can't turn Robocop. South African? No, but at the same time, like District Nine has a lot of sort of satirical takes on society. Like you know, the aliens well, are just like a version of immigration policies and shit like that. Oh, District see, Nine, I, right? I took it as a direct, a direct parody of apartheid. Yeah, and yeah. that's yeah. part of it too. Which is totally why like District Nine worked because yeah. it was telling a exactly. South African parable from a South African director set in South Africa. Yeah, exactly. But if you, if you look at RoboCop. What gets lost from the first RoboCop to every other iteration is the first one's got a lot of satire mm-hmm. in it, right? Like the the big Detroit car that keeps getting advertised in, right. in the the movie that everybody wants to drive has like the worst gas mileage up possible, and it's called it's what three, the three thousand SUX SUX. So it's like three thousand sucks, right. <laughs> and there's a whole <laughs> bunch of other stuff like that. Like you watch the commercials for like. The um, but that's more the electronic hearts and stuff that, like that's that. That's more Paul Verhoeven because he's that's followed through. Well, that's that's part of it, yeah. Movies, so. And, and the, the writers of it too. So it's it's one of those things that Blokamp has the sensibilities to do something along the lines of the first mm-hmm. RoboCop. It's whether it happens and, and goes that way or not, right? Because depends on how much money they want to spend on it. And because in many ways, the more money they want to spend on it, the less control he will have over mm. it. Right. So, do they bring back Peter Weller? Does Peter Weller want to come back? I still like the idea of a old RoboCop who the the machine part is still working. 
it's the organics that are breaking down. Yeah. I see. And that then, seems more interesting. And then you basically have to reboot RoboCop, but you still have the original in there somewhere. Yeah. Now he's the like teaching like architecture history or something like yeah. that. Now though. he used to be on uh, Longmire. He was in the first Star yeah, Trek movie. Yeah, he was movie. in a couple seasons with Longmire. First Star Trek movie, second of the new Star Trek. Who was yeah. he in Longmire? I'm trying to picture. He was in the second of the new Star Trek movies, the one with. The yeah, one he, with, was oh, in, okay. he was in Into Darkness. Into Darkness. I, I've always liked him as an actor. It's just whether is he going to come back for it? Well, I guess see how big the dump truck full of money is, no. <laughs> or and whether they even want him back is the other question. He'd be good though. Yeah, and apparently the title right now, at least, is RoboCop Returns, just like Superman Returns or Batman Returns Can't or you. Batman Forever. <laughs> I'm Batman. No, that's the third <laughs> one. Is RoboCop Forever? <laughs> no, the new T Titans commercial. Hi, Batman. <laughs> they blow him up. Oh, he, he probably hasn't seen it. Oh, oh no. I there's a new, that one yet. new, team, yeah, there's oh, a new trailer. Look for it. Yeah. Oh, it's like Batman Returns and then Batman Forever. Yep. Yeah. And then Starfire's like, oh, he is so dreamy. Yeah. <laughs> I guess it'd be funnier if you actually saw it. Oh. <laughs> Isn't it Jimmy Kimmel doing Batman's voice in it? In Teen Titans Go? Yeah. I don't know. It's somebody like they've gone like kind of like interesting comedic casting for. I can't wait to see that movie for all the like. Well, we know Nicolas Cage is Superman in it. Yeah. So. Yes. And I, it's a it's a rapper is Green Lantern Lil Yachty. I like when they say, "Well, didn't did did you get a movie?" And it's like, "Well, yeah, we don't talk about yeah, that." Green Lantern had a movie, but we're not allowed to talk well, about that. Well, then the final thing of the Teen Titans Go the movies is. If Aquaman can yep. get a movie, anyone can get, get a movie. <laughs> what yeah. else you got there, Ryan? Uh, well, according to the Hollywood Reporter, oh, Billy D. Williams has signed on for Star Wars Episode Nine. Well, it's pretty accurate, I would imagine, since he also pulled out of every convention appearance he's supposed to make over the next three months. Yep, That's including w- Fan Expo Toronto. Yes, sadly, we will not be seeing him in Toronto this summer. Nope, he pulled out. <laughs> Speaking of pulling out, uh, Deadpool 2, uh, home release, the Super Duper Cut, is coming out uh, on August 7th, digital release, well, August 21st. If be at San Diego Comic-Con, they're doing a showing of it, apparently. Oh, I didn't yes, see that. I did read that. An uncut version. Yeah. The Super Duper Super cut. Duper Cut. So Extended. It did, did it not do enough, well enough in theaters that uh, now they're giving you more of what you didn't want to see? Oh. I liked it. You saw it. You liked it. You're egging on a guy who doesn't listen to our show. <laughs> Not my fault. He doesn't have technology. But I, I just like giving Deadpool fans a hard time anyways. <laughs> He's uh, um, Apparently, it's the action sequence. It has a big extension to it. Okay. Which I assume is the, the big one when they're landing, jumping out of the plane, and everybody's dying and such. Uh, so like when we actually get Shatterstar on screen, and then we don't have him on screen? Yeah. You, be, you beat me to it. <laughs> Do we see his feet at all in that movie? I don't know if we do. Well, maybe, maybe when, when he jumps out of the plane. Yeah, maybe he was flying. Next time you want But his, you his pouches walk. could be in the way. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, I didn't write this one down. But this week, and I shared this one on our Facebook page, uh, they announced that Avengers Infinity War is coming out on uh, digital release July 31st. Woo! And then home release August a week or something. two later. Yep. 
So we almost get to watch Avengers again. Yep, and it's got like something like four hours of extras or something. Wow. Yeah, there's a few yeah. different. Uh, there's one uh, a sit down with a bunch of the different directors of the different Marvel movies uh, from over the years. There's uh, a few of the you know behind the scenes or the the building of this character or the history of that character. I must admit that that kind of fascinates me. Is it'd be interesting to talk to each of those directors and like, okay, what was your game plan going in, and how did it change when mm-hmm. Marvel came to you and went? Okay, so these things have to be yeah. switched and because now of sure. what this person's doing in that movie. <laughs> well, that's the problem. How honest would they be in that? You know, because it is a movie, uh, a, no, a sit-down talk done by the people they still work for. I don't know. <laughs> I think I think the Marvel. I think the Marvel one would be because you don't hear the directors complaining too much about the Marvel stuff. The Star Wars version of that, like the modern Star Wars version of that, that's going to be for some unauthorized biography. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, oh, just got a couple more things here written down for myself. Uh, well, this one I just thought was kind of interesting. Hasbro and Wizards of the Coast. So Wizards of the Coast are the ones that make Magic, Magic the, Gathering the Gathering and a bunch of other card games. Um, they've announced a new Transformers collector card game. Yes, they have. So which, how much money are you going to put into it, Ryan? Probably not <laughs> any. Yeah. I will be interested in looking at it. I'm not big into those collectible card games, but if it's you know simple enough that I can understand it and maybe you know, be able to play it, then I might be interested in it, but... I, I like those games, but I like where... So Wizards of the Coast is the only company that hasn't seemed to gone this route. Most of them now give you all the cards in a box. Yeah. Like, you, you pay, like, 60 bucks, and you get, like, a two-player set with everything in it. Instead of having to, like, the old school way when packs. we were in high school, of like, you would have to buy booster packs, and, and you would start a pack, and... Expansions and all that. I sort think the of Pokemon stuff. game is still that way, though, with the booster yeah, packs. Which is also a, a, a lot of those. Oh, okay. Yeah, those are the only two card games that I'm familiar with. Well, I think that's because Wizards created a whole sort of culture around their games yeah. too, with a professional tour and <clears throat> and that kind of thing. So, so deck building is still super important. They do sell um, like one-on-one, head-to-head game card sets where you can play Magic the Gathering mm. with two oh, okay. pre-constructed decks. Yeah, we saw one of those sets at uh, Winners one time. They, they sell them yeah, at Walmart yeah. too. Yeah. yeah. But uh, And then you can take those and add, you know, just yeah, add them into the rest of your them. decks. Uh, so, but but people at higher levels want to be able to have total control over what they're building. Oh so. yeah. Yeah, it, it seems interesting, but like you, is like, how much money do I want to throw in? Yeah. Like, if it was a straight 60 bucks, maybe, but nah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah exactly. And it could be some of those things that, yeah, it's out, they put cards out for like a year, they support it, and then it just disappears because yeah, nobody's well, doing anything with it. I can, you go into my office downstairs, and I've got like a half a dozen games like that when we were teenagers. I think I've got some Dragon Ball Z trading card game cards somewhere. I dabbled not only in Magic the Gathering, but also in <coughs> Star Trek, the next generation collectible card game. Nice. And um, Netrunner, which was a cyberpunk yep. card game. And there was another one that I used to dabble into. The big ones for us were uh, the Vampire of the Masquerade one. Oh, yes. Uh, the Called Vampire of the Eternal Struggle. And there was also uh, an Aliens vs. Predator card mm-hmm. game that was really good. 
There was a Star Wars one too, I think. There's been multiple Star Wars ones. And then there was the Marvel. There was a Marvel game. Too. Overpower. Yes. By Upper Deck. I've got a deck of that downstairs too. <laughs> Nerd. Moon podcast that I'm listening to and slowly catching up on that there is a Sailor Moon one back in the 90s. And now I kind of want to find because apparently mm. there's cards for every single villain. Oh, oh nice. I'd be surprised. Yeah. That's. The, the the tragedy of the AVP game was so the the initial set was you could play aliens, predators, or the colonial marines from mm-hmm. the second film. In the first expan for whatever reason, the first expansion set they decided to do was based around Aliens Resurrection, the fourth movie. <laughs> so wah, it, added, it added the new faction of the pirate guys, right? Like the guy in the wheelchair, mm-hmm. Ron Perlman and all those guys. The next set that they were supposed to do, and then the company went bankrupt because the licensing cost just killed them, was the Arnie's team from Predator. And that was the one me and my friends were waiting for. Was the, <laughs> Why the Jesse you start Ventura. With Arnie? Isn't he like the main draw of those movies? Yeah, but uh, they were doing uh, the main thing they were doing was the Aliens vs. Predator ones. The one thing I, I like now about it is one of the cards of like. A marine that like never got a name in the film gets a name. I discovered that it's you can't make out who it is because it's a shadow shot. I always thought it was uh, Michael Bean's character, and they just got it from a different side. And I was sort of right because it's um, what's his name, Michael Parr Perry. The um, oh, no, that's not his name. Um, the dude who played Dexter's dad. In Dexter. Oh. Ah, uh, shit. That's, um... Oh, crap. John Lithgow, isn't it? No, no. No, no, he was, uh... I, I, he uh, was another murderer that Dexter uh, hung out with. Ah, oh, shit. I, he was in a really bad Christian movie. I had to, to watch the internet. Um... Dexter's father. He's been in a whole ton of stuff. I don't that's know. A, that's I the never one watched I always Dexter. I found it very creepy. And, I did for a few and seasons. I'm going to get yelled at by Ed the minute that the actor's name comes up because it's like, oh, he's up in all these things. I'm uh, watch Dexter. So, so yeah. no, but the actor's somebody. I, I, for whatever reason, it's always Dexter's dad that sticks out, and not the like million and a half other movies he's done. The internet's being slow tonight. So if oh, you ever meet is. that person, never say. So what have you done since? <laughs> yep. He was adopted by Miami policeman Harry Morgan, played by James Remar. James Remar. Oh, James Remar. Yeah. Oh, James so, Remar. The Warriors. Yeah. Uh, apparently, that's that on Ivan. I still have no idea. Come out and play. So James Remar was originally Michael Bean's character. That's who he, who was originally portraying him. Um, and left due to differences that we now know because James Remar has come out and said, I had a horrible drug problem at the time, and James Cameron wasn't going to put it up with my shit and sent me packing. <laughs> so, uh, but it's what that shot is. It's one of the few still photos they took of him in costume, and it, and it was shadowed. Like, it's one of the few shots in the film, apparently, that's still him. Because they shot for like two weeks or something with him on set, and then James Cameron had enough of his crap and let him go and email and called Michael Bean and Michael and like, when can you get a flight? And it's like, he was also well, in tomorrow. forty-eight hours. Yeah, forty-eight he was hours. The bad guy in forty-eight hours. He was in the Phantom, Mortal Kombat. Yeah. 
Mortal Kombat I know, 2. Where he played Raiden. Yeah, because that, that's a really good continuity. Who do we replace Frenchman Christopher Lambert with? James Remar. <laughs> he was also in Blade Trinity, Too Fast, Too Furious, and Pineapple Express. Yeah. He was in X-Men First Class. He was in a really terrible Christian movie that I had to watch for he Flink. He was Sideswipe in Transformers Dark of the Moon. Yeah. Oh, that was a voice. So is that it for news, or we got uh, anything one, else, more interesting one thing. One more interesting thing. Yep, because, uh, well, I know you're a fan of PUBG, yes. and I am a fan of PUBG. So this involves that. So apparently there's um, a company, the ESP Gaming has announced uh, their latest eSports venture, and they've created uh, World Showdown of eSports, WSOE. And their plan is to bring popular gamers and you know really good game eSports you know, players together to, in tournaments and head-to-head uh, matches and kind of you know add a little uh, UFC slash WWE style to eSports. Mm. Uh, they'll be filming out of their studio. I guess it's a... They, they have one of those poker companies. They've got a studio in Vegas. And oh, okay. So the first, uh, I guess, big gaming event they've announced is uh, PUBG Pan Continental, featuring 16 teams of four that will compete for hundreds uh, for $100,000 in cash and prizes. We are so not good enough to play in that. Oh, no. We, we have not gotten our invitations because we aren't good on... Yeah, you guys have been practicing for like... A year. Oh yeah, we're like every day. Yeah, we're not that we're good. We could go good. for a hundred thousand. I played with I played with guys that I don't know if that are, are <laughs> that good, but they're a lot better than we are. Oh. <laughs> and it was like it was a couple of Doug's friends from the south that guys I was need playing to train with, harder. and like they were they were like military efficient and. Meanwhile, I'm like lagging behind and stuff. <laughs> Meanwhile, Brent and I play like, hey, where do you want to go? Do you want to go over there? No, I don't want to go. Well, we're going over here now. Oops, mm-hmm. let's stop our truck here. Wait, did you hear that? Is that a grenade? Let's keep going. <laughs> Is that a grapoom? Yeah. That's yeah, happened once. Focus. Driving through the the red zone where the, the bombs drop on you. You shouldn't, even, you shouldn't even be recording this podcast. You should be practicing for PUBG. We should be. <laughs> the best is when you say, "Oh, I never get you know those bombs never fall on you, never die, and you boom, you're dead." All, <laughs> I well, I'm sitting up here, and you guys are in the basement <laughs> playing this game, and all I can hear is Brent going, "Dude, I'm dead! Oh God, I'm dead!" Ah, <laughs> driving across the bridge, <laughs> I fell out of the truck. Oh, what? You dead? Yep, I'm dead. Okay, sorry. See oh, you later. That, that was great today. I'm down. I'm down. I, get, I fell out of the truck, and I just like he's gonna the run me over. Of the camera, <laughs> I could see the oncoming car coming straight towards me. It's great. Every once in a while, like fun deaths happen. Like, yeah. When you Looney Tuned us that one time. Oh, when, which which time? The, the a building hadn't spawned yet, and uh, I was driving along, and all of a sudden, a motorcycle. Yeah, and we completely like roadrunnered it right into the wall. <laughs> And this is why you guys are never going to win $100,000 for us. Up to. Up to. No, $100,000 in cash and prizes. No, but maybe we should do a Twitch stream. People might find it funny that we die all the time. No. I should just start recording you guys. I can't hear Ryan's side. Yep. Twitch, Twitch, Twitch. All right. Well, thank you for the news there. Yep, that's all I got. Anybody else got anything? 
Uh, they just announced like that the Someone's Shazam trailer will drop at San Diego. Yeah. Oh, did and they announce got, that? Oh, I saw the first... real good image today, too. I saw that today. Of him and I assume, Captain Marvel, and I assume one of his buddies. It was Freddy, buddies. I think they it's said. It's Freddy Freeman. Oh, is that who it's supposed yeah. to be? Yeah. And so he's not crippled in this version? I don't know. Or at least yet. Because that was part of it always in the comics. He, was he, he had a bum Captain leg. He Captain Marvel Jr. Yeah. Well, you couldn't still have a bum leg, just not be in a wheelchair. He but that the, costume looks so good. Yeah. yeah. He was the only superhero who could never say his own name, Captain Marvel Jr., because his magic word to change into Captain Marvel Jr. was Captain Marvel. Yeah. Have they changed that in the last couple of years? Well, they don't call him don't Captain know. Marvel anymore. Well, yeah, because Marvel was a bunch of dicks in the 60s. And... Well, I mean, he's been called Captain Marvel right up until the New 52, and then somebody thought, well, we, we should call him Shazam. Well, that's because... That's because they can't use the title Captain Marvel. Is Marvel the, yeah, can't swooped use in and yeah, got they the, can't put that on the comic cover. But it's weird that they could, they could only get it for the title. They can't get it for the character. Right. No, because the character is already the, existing. The 90s book was called The Power of Shazam. Yeah. And pretty much anything after that has been a variation So now that, that. character is a, another character who can't say his own name because apparently he's just called Shazam now, yeah. which is dumb. Shazam! Yep. Anywho. So Hi, Shazam nice to meet you. I can't Shazam tell you anymore. my name. Captain Marvel's now called Shazam? No, Captain Marvel is now called Shazam. Yeah, but what about Shazam? Oh, Shazam? I don't know. What's his name? Uh, I don't know. Somebody count how many times oh, they we just said Shazam just now. Who's playing that part in the movie too? It's what Jim, part? Shazam. Uh, Wizard Shazam. James oh. No, it's, <laughs> that would be an awesome coincidence. <laughs> no, he's actually. I should have realized James Remar. He's on Black Lightning. He plays Peter Gamby on Black Lightning. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh but, shit, he, he is. Yeah, the, he's the, the the he's the tech guy. Yeah, yeah. I still have no idea who he is. I'll look uh, later. You should watch Black Lightning. It's very good. Yeah. Uh, no, uh, Jaimon Hansu is playing the Wizard Shazam. Who? Jaimon Hansu. No he idea. Was, uh, he's Bloody a big idiot. African guy. Yeah. He's Korok. Oh. Who? Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, okay, that, yeah, okay. Oh. oh. He was in Gladiator. Yes. Gladiator is the one that I always associate with. Who was in Gladiator? What are we talking about now? Jaimon Hansu. Jaimon Hansu. The guy who's playing the wizard Shazam. The wizard in the Shazam. He was Blood Diamond. I yep. didn't see that. Uh, Who he, was he in Gladiator? I've seen that. Well, he was he was the, he's the, he's the, the African guy with Russell Crowe. Yeah, he's the oh. black gladiator, the slave. He was also he, he was also in Guardians of the Galaxy. Oh, the okay. He's now saying, I'm following. Who? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So now he's I'm following. playing the wizard. He was also supposed to be in a Conan the Barbarian spinoff movie that never got made, mm. but did get a comic book. Hmm. He was supposed to Everything be, uh, gets a comic book. He was supposed to be Thalsa Doom, the, the same character um, James Earl Jones plays. The son of Thalsa Doom? No. He, uh, it was going to be a spinoff of that new Conan with Aquaman. What's his name? Oh. Jason Momoa that nobody went to see for good reason. So to go off on an, uh, a DC tangent here, did you guys see the rumor that uh, that uh, Joaquin Phoenix is going to be playing the Joker in the Joker origin movie? I'll believe it the minute they start filming it. Well, one of the three Joker movies. Yeah, yeah. I was going to say, I did read... three? Why yeah, are they? I did well, read maybe. that that one had been greenlit. I was reading that mm -hmm. today, too, yeah. yeah. Well, we'll see. Because you can never have enough Jokers, so yes, let's make three Joker movies. Because that's the Scorsese-produced yeah. one, isn't it? I'm not I sure. I don't know, because... Because it's the ori origin. Yeah. That was the one that was supposed to be the Scorsese. 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 Yeah, exactly. Really I'll be interested to see what DC announces at San Diego next week. I'll be interested in to see when all these actors portray the Joker, how they all go crazy and kill themselves after. 
the curse of the Joker. Leto didn't kill himself. He was just an asshole on set. He just killed his career. No. (laughs) You know what? Nobody wants to work with him anymore. There's a reason why Joaquin Phoenix is in this movie and he's not. And why is that? Because Joaquin Phoenix, as crazy as he may be sometimes, doesn't send used condoms to his co-stars in the mail. Or or dead rats. Oh, you didn't hear that stuff? Uh, I think I did, but I... Jared Leto went full method and pissed all his co-stars off. Like... Allegedly, to the point that one of the main actors, who is a fairly well-known name in Hollywood, who who used to get jiggy with it, born and raised, <laughs> uh, threatened to kick the shit out of him one day. Oh. He, like he was just like he was sending dead animals to Margot Robbie, supposedly, allegedly on all like. They've they it, on the press tour they toned it like oh yeah he went a little weird but like you hear the early reports is that's why he hasn't been asked back mm. is he would it's it's you know Hollywood is filled with dicks but the best way of getting yourself kicked out of the movie is to be like an asshole essentially because. Yeah. That's why Terrence Howard isn't in any of the Iron Man movies yeah. or any of the Marvel movies after, after the first Iron one. Man, yeah. You got your dicks, you got your assholes, and then you got your. <laughs> yes. So. <And> the- <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm curious. It's one of those things, though, that, like, it, I, I've said it once, I'll say it again. Bet you any money it doesn't start filming until after they see how much money Aquaman brings in. Right. Oh, yeah, nothing. Yeah. So we haven't seen an Aquaman trailer yet either, have we? No, that'll be next week. So, so we'll get an Aquaman and a Shazam trailer next week. I Anything else you well, think we'll thing. get? Those things will show up at San Diego. Right. Whether we see them, we should see Aquaman right away. Well, the because that comes of, out soon. The yeah. director but. of Shazam has said that the Shazam trailer will be released. I'm oh, okay. looking forward to Aquaman, but not for any kind of plot reasons. I just imagine he's going to be wearing very little clothes for most of that movie. He's going to have his yellow armor on. He's going to cover himself up. Ooh, no. That's not fair. <laughs> he's going full orange and green. So is there, there you anything go. else you think will be announced at San Diego? Let's play the, that game right now. What What will be the big things to come out of San Diego? Like moving TV-wise or just in yeah, general? in general. When's the... Um, is it... It's not Miss Marvel. It's Cap- Captain Marvel. Captain Marvel. When's that movie supposed to come out? February, February. March. Have, but we haven't had anything for I, that. Have no, we? and Marvel uh, Marvel has no presence at in Hall H this year. Yeah, which is the the big hall. That's the big hall where they showed. They're not. They didn't last year though, did they? Mm. I want to say there no. was a D twenty three last year. That's, though. Yeah, I would. My bet is that might be one of those surprise things that Marvel does and. But for that audience only, much like what they did with Guardians Two, mm. is that they'll and they'll Avengers show, and Avengers they'll show it, and we will never well, we'll see shaky cam yeah. footage of it, but we won't actually see what they they saw until the movie comes out. Right. Um. What happens at San Diego this year? I'm betting we get. I'm going to take a little bit of far leap and uh-huh. say we get an announcement that uh, Peter and Mary Jane are going to get back together in comics and married at some point. So Marvel Comics is doing a a presentation at oh they, they will have some presence oh, yeah, they, there. Yeah. That's, well, and that's kind of well, you're not going too far out on a limb if you read it, but if no, you read I, vol- uh, issue one of Spider Man today. Yeah. 
That's it. There's been rumors swirling kind of around that idea, so I'm mm. that's my long shot bet. And I'm okay with that. Um, that gets a Ryan thumbs up. <laughs> I'm I'm betting that uh, we'll see uh, stuff from Frank Miller's Superman Year One comic book wise. Oh, well, he's not drawing it. He's only. It, the, it, they're using the same method. His outline, for, somebody uh, else is writing it, somebody else is drawing it. Tim Azzarello and uh, one of the Kuberts is drawing okay. it. Because uh, I know the, the Azzarello Batman John Constantine story, they showed off in a video today. The first issue is done. Mm. So that, that whole DC black line is ready to Will go. Will we see any animation from the new Star Wars animated show? Yes. Yeah, as you say, I would, yeah, we'll probably get a trailer, some footage, something. There'll be something announced for that. There we'll has get to that. be. We'll get Young Justice. You think? We'll get something from Young Justice, but it's been delayed, so there won't but be much. There, there's got to be completed. I'm sure they'll have a little point. sizzle reel, a little you know, a trailer. Um, and Titans. Yeah, well, I'm sure they've got. To, um, they must have a, t- a trailer for Titans. There'll be. I'm betting something cool about Star Trek. See, uh, I what, wondered which about that. One I, like, I'm. I'm thinking. Something about Star Trek Four, the movie, or no, the TV show, uh, Discovery. Uh, like, because you said there's rumors that they're going to go into the eugenics war or whatever. Like, well, cons. there's um, there's rumor. The the current rumor is that that Kurt, not rumor. It's been talked told that Kurtzman, Alex Kurtzman, has a deal to produce four more Star Trek TV series. Yeah, Star Trek projects. So whether we get official confirmation of any of that at San Diego, or yeah. if that'll wait until. Uh, Star Trek Las Vegas, uh, which is in August. Yeah, they'll, they'll want to show something off. I don't know what, though. Well, there's five episodes of Discovery finished for season two. So Yeah, but it, it will be like a reveal to, to something to go along with yeah. that. Maybe we'll see footage of whoever, you know, assuming Spock is on the Enterprise. Right. We may get that kind of news. We may get something like that as part of a tease for season two. I also believe we'll we'll get a tease of uh, Doctor Who. Oh yeah, that that that. that well, yeah, there is a BBC good. Doctor Who panel, yeah, yes. not hosted so by Chris Hardwick. Yeah, I know. So I don't he know ain't hosting, hosting anything this no, year. He, uh, it was um, uh, the woman who was on Community, who's replaced him on the Walking Dead panels. Uh, Which one? Oh, uh, the the black woman. Um, Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. The one who was on, she showed up on Talking Dead a lot. Yeah. Uh, Yvette um, Nicole Brown. Okay. Yeah. She's replaced Chris Hardwick on all the AMC Walking Dead panels. Yeah. Oh, wow. Okay. The, uh, yeah. There's, there's a bunch. Well, she's a big Walking Dead ones. fan. So I don't yeah. I don't know if she's a Doctor Who fan. Okay. <laughs> the, the, I'm sure they're, they'll of, find, they won't have any problem finding She used to host that fan. cosplay uh, reality show, too. Cosplay Bailey. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yep. So, like, I know she's got some nerd cred. Yep. What about you, Ed? Any theories for San Diego this year? Anything you're hoping to be announced or see or hear? Does Netflix have a presence at San Diego? I would assume so. Han Solo, too. <laughs> I don't know. No, because Disney's pulled the pulled the ripcord. Well, Netflix. it depends on which story you read. They've either pulled the ripcord or they're they're going a slightly different route. I, I was reading today that, that it looks like Obi-Wan's ago. Obi-Wan seems to be the, 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 the one, one that's that a not announced that they keep up. Yeah. Because there was a story out of uh, a Scottish or an Irish newspaper was talking about films that were going to be filming at the local it studios. Like the Belfast Herald or yeah. something. Yeah, and they said... 
Oh, this movie, this movie. Oh, the Star Wars standalone Obi-Wan Kenobi movie. This movie. And then it went on a whole thing about some other movie. And it's like they just totally brushed over this Star yeah. Wars so movie. And is the Obi-Wan movie supposed to be his youth? Or is it supposed to be him on Tatooine looking after Him Luke? on Tatooine looking okay. after Well, at least like, that, Why would you film that in be? Ireland? Well, that's the thing. It's <laughs> the deserts of Ireland. <laughs> well, we don't know that he didn't leave at some point. And that's the, the speculation. But it is, you, it's supposed to be you. Well, if you listen to the reports, yeah. it's you and McGregor. So it'll be that time okay. period of Obi-Wan. I was worried that it was going to be like, oh, now we're going to hear about like baby Obi-Wan and being <laughs> A young Padawan, but, and I'm like, with his, with his rat tail. No, that. nobody no. cares about that. No. Only, only if they were able to bring back um, Qui Gon. Yeah, what's his name? Liam, Liam, Neeson. Liam Neeson to be Qui Gon in that. Yeah, but even then, it would just be like it would be like the prequels over again. Yeah. It could be the time that Obi Wan was stolen and Qui Gon had. Oh, maybe yeah. that's <laughs> why they're filming in Ireland. I like it. Is Liam I like Neeson's it. I'm on board. Like, I have okay, a very special I'll set do of it, skills. But I'm not leaving my house. <laughs> you have to film all my scenes in my garage. <laughs> I think then then both of those actors should do it with their original accent, so that Liam Neeson is to- totally Irish and Ewan McGregor is totally Scottish. Well, but Liam Neeson could be in it because, I mean, he could be as a force ghost to Obi-Wan while he's on yep. Tatooine. So he showed up in doing, Rebels. Yeah. Yep. That's true. That That's more, for me, that's more, a, that's a better Star Wars movie is is <laughs> not young Obi-Wan, but Obi-Wan on Tatooine looking well, yeah. after Luke. And is there a Star Wars panel for San Diego? I have no idea. Don't know. The- I don't know if we'll ever see it at San Diego, but I want to hear stuff. Future James Bond. It, it has been in the past. It's one of the. It, that's something they usually announce. I want to say at con though, like they they do the big announcement. I I'm kind of surprised we don't have anything official on it. You have all the rumors that well, what's his face is coming back or not coming back or might be coming back or who the 18 actors that could replace him might be. And, and which one of them is a woman? <laughs> But well, I, I assume this means our next show we'll, we'll do a lot of talking about what actually happened. At Probably, Comic-Con. yeah. Maybe even a special edition episode. Who knows? I don't know. I haven't looked at it. I don't if know when. San Diego Comic Con people are listening, we would really like to go next <laughs> year. Yeah, we're nothing to them. Yeah, don't so, yeah, they don't pay for they don't pay for the, any of their people to go out to it, so they're not going to pay for us. Yeah, I we do, do shout outs to Disney year, every though. once in a while. I figure we could try San Diego. Yeah. <laughs> so onward to the other portion of our show, sure. Ant Man and the Wasp. Yay! So we have all seen the film. Yes, we saw it twice. When Jen and I even saw it twice. <laughs> um, let's uh, let's get started with Ed since he's our special guest today. What did you think of the movie? It was great. Thank you, Ed. <laughs> right on. <laughs> I don't think Ed's had enough of his. Juicy ass IPA yet? Oh yes, I, I forgot to mention that the, this episode has more beer brought to you by the <laughs> fine folks at uh, Flying Monkey. Well, not really, unofficially brought to you. Can well, we pop- it was still given to you by the sales rep, right? Yeah, so, yeah. But they they, they, they give did it to you unless you didn't want it on the air. But they do. But Flying Monkey as a company does not necessarily endorse endorse our podcast. <laughs> anything we say on this podcast. One of, their, one of our listeners, our archivist, gives us beer that he, he purchased. Any publicity is good publicity. So that's one of the ones I like too. <laughs> no, as far as Ant-Man and the Lost, I really enjoyed it. I thought it was really good. I thought it carried on 
from what was established in the first Ant-Man movie. The thing I liked about this one, not so much Scott Lang, you already know his story. They sum up what happened after Berlin, but it was more of a Hank Pym and uh, Hope mm -hmm. uh, movie. So to me, I, I really enjoyed it. Uh, I think the humor in it works well for Ant-Man because the first yeah. one had humor. Mm -hmm. Yeah, like exactly. It's, it's not really out of character, but most of the stuff anyways, like all the new movies by Marvel, there's more and more humor in it, but it depends on how you look at it. Like well, not, and they already established slapstick or yeah. goofy or something like that. And they already established that this is going to be one of the more humorous movies, but the first one, like it's not out of tone no. with the other film in its. I wouldn't want to see series. a Captain America movie with this tone. No, not particularly. But I'm ha I'm fine with an Ant Man movie like yeah. this. Yeah, and like the first Ant Man movie was a more of a heist movie. This. Yep. This wasn't so much of a heist. It was, mm. it was like it was a, a caper film. Yeah, it was like a yeah, chase movie. Like well, there is a caper. Yeah. Like it was the, who's got the lab. It's like <laughs> the Great Muppet Caper. The Great Muppet Muppets Caper. Muppets yeah. take Manhattan. <laughs> I love the Great Muppets Caper. But uh, no, it was... And, and the villain, who isn't really a villain, uh, Ghost, uh, she was really cool too. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Which, you know... She was a, not really a villain because she was just doing what S.H.I.E.L.D. told her to do anyways. Yeah, she's, she's just trying to survive. She's an antagonist. Yeah. Which is she's still, not... like, S.H.I.E.L.D. was a government organization, so yeah. she was just doing what the government mm -hmm. had told her yeah. to do. So. One of the things I liked about it is that there wasn't really a big bad. No. There wasn't, like, a Thanos or no, a no, like The closest you could yeah. get to a not villain like in it is Walter yeah. Goggins. Walter Goggins, yeah. yeah. And <laughs> even who's, he, who's he a great villain. Like, <laughs> he's a great villain. He's just a great actor. an incidental part of the story. Yeah. Like, oh, we have this, we're going to throw this one other thing in there to make it a little bit more more difficult for them mm -hmm. but he wasn't like the big bad he was just another pain in the butt but uh, no like I'm I love Michael Douglas movies anyway so he had more of a role in this one yeah he got to do stuff yeah, like, yeah. he got more into the action side he got to go to the bit. quantum realm yeah you got to see Woo. him suit up as well so and even that suit was I I can't be positive of it but to me it looked very similar to the the suit they used on the really shitty Avengers cartoon from the late 90s, early 2000s. Oh, Avengers United, United We Stand. Yeah. That was a bad show. Yeah, it wasn't a very good, but, but <laughs> oh. it was like, it's it's one of those designs that like, it wasn't a bad design, and they managed to fit kind of that in there too, right? So, Or at least I thought so. I could be completely wrong. And plus, they've added... You know, with pin particles to everything, like you shrink in the lab, shrink in the cars. <laughs> so yeah, yeah, that was a uh, there was a, a run of West Coast Avengers in the late eighties, early nineties, where Pim had given up shrinking himself, and he just he wore a jumpsuit with pockets full of all kinds of stuff that he could make grow and yeah and shrink. And they sort of have taken that power away from him in the comics. I'm glad that growing and shrinking stuff shows up in the movies because that's a fun it's a fun look it's a oh, good yeah. gag well, oh. it, well just it's a good visual effect yeah yeah it makes it a lot more interesting to watch so we'll go to jen because jen was a, 
Incredibles 2 and Ant-Man and the Wasp. Those were your two movies for the summer, really. And, the ones yeah, that you were that you were really looking forward to. Not that you weren't looking forward to Infinity War and stuff, but you were these were the, the yeah. top ones on your list. So how did it shake out for you? I really, really liked this one. I mean, we did go and see it twice in what, four or five days? In a weekend? <laughs> in mm-hmm. a week- <laughs> we saw it on Thursday and then we saw it again on Tuesday. Um, I really enjoyed it. I think it's in my top five Marvel movies for sure. Wow. Um, but I mean, I, I super love the first Ant-Man for all of the reasons that Ed was saying. Like, I love the humor. I love that it was a heist film. And I loved that uh, for this one, I love that, like I was saying, it wasn't there wasn't a big bad. There wasn't like a, a world devastating evil that they needed to stop. It was trying to reunite Hank and, er, and uh, Hope's family. And I really love that that was the, the focus of it was not so much about the bad guys. They were antagonists trying to stop them. But the focus was more on, can we save Janet? And um, I think that from all the other Marvel movies, it fits in with them, but it, it's still different enough that it just makes it a nice change from like Infinity War and Black Panther and the kind of like the world is going to end type of stress almost. And mm-hmm. it's just like a nice little break. Ryan. I want to see the behind the scenes and outtakes of the scenes when Janet was in Scott's brain. <laughs> the holding oh hands God. and the loving looks and the, the touching the faces. Paul, Paul Rudd acting as as Michelle Pfeiffer interacting with Michael Douglas was oh yeah so I want to see you know there's outtakes and I can just imagine he he probably in takes of that he's probably going on and on and on and ad libbing and so I'm sure they left a bunch of funny stuff on the The cutting room floor. The second time we went and saw it, I had to like stop myself from laughing ahead of time because I knew a joke was coming and I didn't want to spoil it for the rest of the theater so I was like wait until the person next to me laugh and then it's safe for me to laugh because I knew it was going to happen I'm like oh this part's great <laughs> but uh, yeah no, I like the movie um, wouldn't say it's my top five but I couldn't even t- if I had to sit down and make a top five right now I don't know if I could it's so hard there's yeah. 21 I, I think That's that the next year when the the last Infinity movie comes out we will have to do a whole episode on where the Marvel movies rank. Because that's kind of... Mm-hmm. It's not the end of them, obviously. No. There's Guardians 3s in the works. And, and Spider-Man, Spider-Man 2. Spider-Man and 2. Yada, yada, yada. And, you know, Black they're Panther talking about other and, stuff. Yeah. But that that will be really the end of everything that they've worked for for the last yeah. 10 years, really. Like, that chapter is done. So I think at that point we can sit down... And really and fight, fight it over out. which ones are good oh or not. Maybe we should do like a, every week we record and we watch a different Marvel movie. <laughs> but uh, yeah, no, I liked it. It was good. It was a nice addition to the you know the ongoing Marvel universe. Uh, it was nice that it you know yeah it touched on it you know it mentioned what happened in Civil War, told us yep. where he Doesn't ended up in it. But, <laughs> you know, and it. but then from there, it's like, okay, it's in its own little side of the United States. You know, it's over in San Francisco. Everything else is on the East Coast. It's over on the West Coast. Hmm. I was just thinking about that. There was one. There is one other movie that's got scenes set in that part of the world, and it's Black Panther. Because that all that urban stuff oh, was in Oakland. Yeah, that's yeah. true. So then cross the bay. But, yeah. So, uh, you know, so there's nothing really <coughs> that happened otherwise in the movies that could have been, you know, that needed to be touched on. And so they showed what it needed to show and ignored, you know, it stayed in its own little world, brought back the little the side characters that everybody loved from the first one. <laughs> um, now they got their own little company and everything like that. 
You can go buy your own hat that says XCon uh, Security at the at, Disney at store. The Disney store. If you want to pay forty dollars, I don't um, want sale. But it, uh, yeah, no, I liked it. It was good. Kevin. Strange as it may sound, the Wasp has always been one of my favorite Marvel characters. Um, I started well when you were reading comics. I started she was reading, a big deal yeah. in the Avengers. So the book that I started reading comics with really was the Avengers, and it was just after the first Secret War, and that was where she sort of came into her own. Like she went from being portrayed as this ditzy, ditzy woman who. Just sort of was Ant Man's sidekick. I have a super suit. Well, yeah. her, like and even her day job, she was she's like a, a fashion designer, designer or something. So the first, Every the first ten issues back in the sixties, where they first meet Thor. And she's like, oh, isn't he so dreamy? Yeah, and there. so in in every issue of yeah, the exactly. almost, in almost every issue portrayed. of the Avengers in the seventies and eighties, she had a different costume because she was a fashion designer, and so she would just create a new costume for herself every sort of every week. Um, in the comics, she was the one who named the Avengers. Uh, but by the time I started reading in the mid '80s, she had decided that she needed to grow up and mature a bit, and she became the leader of the Avengers. And yep. she was like the kick-ass That's point cool. woman for the Avengers. And uh, people who had never taken her seriously before all of a sudden were taking orders from her because they knew how smart she was. So to see the Wasp on screen—now it's Hope and not Janet—but it was it was it was really nice to see a character that I loved yeah. uh, from when I was a kid getting the respect she deserved. Well, yeah. even if you look at Janet herself, mm-hmm. she's a brilliant scientist. Yeah, too, yeah. yeah, almost on par. With they made her they made her a scientist in this instead of a fashion designer, which yeah, is, which is cool. nice. Yeah. I also like that uh, Marvel Cinematic Universe Hank is not a wife abuser like he in the comics he hit Janet once while he was under the influence of Ultron or something and he's never lived that down he also didn't create Ultron yeah in the comics he also created Ultron he yeah he, he was messed up yeah but uh, it, but they still retain that to a little bit because Hank oh he's still a dick, dick. <laughs> he's a dick yeah but he's not a wife beater no uh, so I, I appreciate that um I think Hope is a great character, and I love that she's. I love that she, her uber competence compared to Scott's oh, bumblingness. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That she's the one who knows what the what they're doing. What yeah, they're doing. she's the one who can build a quantum tunnel, and she's the one who can get the parts from the black market. And yeah. she's the one who gets wings and blasters. Yeah, even yeah. though they were available. Yeah, which is a little bit different than the first movie because really. Scott was smarter in the first movie? Well, well, the first movie, like you were saying, was a heist, and really, stealing and, is his specialty. And so in the was, first movie, too... But he was also an electro- electrical engineer. Yeah. Oh, that's uh, true. Also, in the first movie, though, Hank was trying to protect Hope. Hope. Yeah, and so, so he she didn't get to do her. anything. And the two of them were, were barely on speaking terms. Yes. <laughs> she only started talking to her father again because the guy was building uh, the, the yellow yeah. jacket yeah. suit. Yeah. Right. So, but, I mean, going back to Scott being smart, I think he's still smart in the second movie. He, they just didn't give him the opportunity to prove it in the movie. Because he spent the last two years locked up in his apartment. Yeah. Learning how not, to play the drums. <laughs> and, and, not, and not studying And the taking quantum. baths. Yeah. yeah. Like, she's a physicist. and he's Two hours in the bathroom. Engineer. What's that all about? Yeah. <laughs> hey, I watch Netflix in the bathtub. <laughs> It's very relaxing. I love that he had to put the bag on his ankle bracelet when the elastic. <laughs> One character I wanted to mention that we haven't talked about yet was his daughter. Oh, Cassie. Cassie. 
She so did such cute, such so good on screen. Oh my god! Is yeah. it the same actress? Same actress. Yeah. Yep. She's I uh, forget how old she is now. I read it today. She like, only looks like ten, maybe. I think I, was just, I think she's nine. Nine or ten, yeah. Um, but her wanting to be his partner and their yeah. little adventures and stuff the makes me wonder oh, yeah. if maybe in another four years when they start laying more seeds for a young Avengers, will we get? A female are we gonna, man? Are we going to get oh, her with shrinking she called? powers? Stature? I think she's called Stature in, in the comics. comics? Oh, is she or actually? They, or they kill her off, and then uh, it's no. uh, Ant-Man versus Doctor Doom. There you go. Wait, what? In the, she's in the comics, and she's a superhero? Yeah. And yeah, she's, she's called a, Stature? She's also, like, she's older. older. She's in her yeah, because teens, early 20s. Oh. Yeah. That's a dumb name. But she also is <laughs> dead in the comics, too. And then Doctor well, Doom now, kills her? Yeah. Oh. So it's Ant Man versus Doctor Doom. I do well, like sad. I do like the extended Lang family, the mother and the stepfather, Bobby Carnavale. Oh yeah, yeah. but how much he loves him now. He loves him so. Yeah, because before we saw the movie the first time, I the day before I rewatched the original Ant Man movie, which is funny because the day after we saw the movie, Ant Man was on TV. <laughs> so I rewatched the last half of Ant Man on TV the day after seeing Ant Man. I was like, too. well, I just I didn't know that they did a great recap at the beginning of the movie, so I didn't need to watch it. But it was nice to you know just refresh my memory from some of the older characters, and I really love that they kept the stepdad they kept him that same level of affection because mm-hmm. he was he hated his guts in the first one until the end where he saves Cassie and comes back the only thing that threw me off yeah. is uh, his ex Scott's ex-wife is the same woman who does Cheryl's voice on Archer yeah Judy <laughs> Greer and like there's one she does one, there's one particular sort of phrase or something that she uses in the movie that, like, it totally sounds like Cheryl for, for just, like, a split second. But oh, I didn't get that. You, you can't fault it, really. No. It's, That's it's, just your brain's weird yeah. wiring. Um, I, I really enjoyed it. It was... Uh, I I think I enjoyed this as much as I enjoyed the first Ant-Man. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. It's, uh, it's a different type of movie, but... What I liked about it was um, it uses comedy a lot, but doesn't use the exact same gags that they used last time. No. So where um, a lot of what was in the film last time was shrinking gags, um, you still sort of get that, but not the exact same way. And there's a lot of like growing gags and stuff like that, too. But it, it's done differently, so it's not like, uh, well, I saw this all in the last movie. It, it's Each one's a little bit different. The only real replay one is where um, he gets dropped off. He drops off the ant um, that's flying to an, an Antonio Banderas. <laughs> when you see him hit the water, and it's that, just that moment. Boop, boom. Oh, my God. When his regulator got stuck in the school and he's tiny. That was funny. Oh, that killed me. <laughs> and then he comes jumping down the stairs, climbs into the van. He's like, did you have a rough day school, champ? Yeah. <laughs> Would you like some string cheese in the juice box? And he's like, wait, you got those? do you have that? <laughs> I thought, uh, I mean, one gag they did go back to was Michael Pena. Which was and fantastic. And his motor mouth. But they did, yeah. been really, they did it once. They did a they good reworking of it, too. Yeah, so. yeah and truth the way serum. they, yeah, the truth, it's not truth serum. Yeah. You put a dime <laughs> in the jukebox and you just have you to You have to play. let the song play out. <laughs> <laughs> well, speaking of jukebox, my, my grandmother had a jukebox and... <laughs> So I guess that the guy, either the guy who wrote those two movies or the guy who directed those two movies, loves 
80s era British music because last time we got the the cure worked in and this time it's Morrissey. I just listened to a podcast review of uh, Ant-Man and the Wasp. Don't tell me which don't ask me which podcast it was, but they talked about them. Oh, it was the uh, iFanboy. Uh, and they talked about Morrissey. And apparently, Morrissey is huge in the Latino community in Los Angeles. Oh. So uh, so it makes sense, it makes sense that it's Morrissey. Because he says his grandmother listened to yeah. Morrissey. And that could be true. That <laughs> even people of that age listen to Morrissey. So uh, so it, that r- rang. Oh, okay. Rang I just true, thought it was apparently. a little weird because where the you know the the big fight they have in the briefcase in the first one, it, it uh, wasn't it Adam and the Ants. No, it's uh, the Cure's uh, yeah. Disintegration album. It's uh, it it's plays the first track right off the yeah. bat. It's great album, very good album. <laughs> um, but uh, on a whole, like, and it was well acted. Yeah. The the effects are really good. Um, I'm kind of annoyed that Hasbro doesn't have a ghost action figure no, out. They don't. I have no. a total. Life, I have a plan for the next wave of action figures based on this movie, which will fail. I've got three out of the five, because okay. you need five, right? And then you have well, to build a five or piece. six, depending. But yes, okay, so you have ahead. to do um, Janet Van Dyne in uh-huh. her uh, post-apocalyptic. One wing blade. With the one wing blade. and Yeah, because she looks fantastic. They have to do Hank Pym in his uh, suit that he wears down uh-huh. into the quantum realm. Um, oh, shoot. What was the other one? They have to do Ghost. Yeah. And then I didn't have two more. And then the Build-A-Figure should be the ant on the drums. <laughs> <laughs> That's my plan. Well, one character we didn't talk about is Jimmy Woo. The FBI oh, he was agent, so good. Oh, he could who, be who is from Agents too. of Atlas. Agents of right? Atlas. He's actually one of the oldest Marvel characters they've put in the MCU. He was first created. I looked it up in the fifties. Oh, um, in a book called Yellow Claw, which was a Fu Manchu oh. kind of yeah. Oh. But <laughs> yeah, so it was uh, where the villain was a stereotypical Chinese, you know, uh, bad guy. Yeah, uh, it, they had a Japanese hero though. Like mm. I think he was Japanese, Jimmy Woo. It was very unusual to have an Asian lead character, hero character as well. So, uh, but he came back in Marvel occasionally. He ended up in Shield. Yeah, I think he was in the Ditko run of Shield actually. Uh, and um, uh, the most recent thing he's done is Agents of Atlas, Atlas, which was a sort of reworking of 1950s Marvel characters. Yep. So then the other figure could be um, the villain guy. What's his name? Walton Goggins. Yeah. His and character? he can come with a little tiny lab and briefcase. Well, you and need Luis. Have... Is it Luis? Is that Michael Pena's character, Luis? Yeah, that's what I thought too. But I we was don't... told that that, that was never going to happen. Well, neither and is the could... Walter Goggins and figure. And he could come with a get, little tiny You'd get part. Luis before you'd get Walter Goggins. Yeah, there, there's my five. But the biggest problem with it is, well, build a figure. two of your figures are female figures. And they think female figures don't sell, so they don't. They try not to make them. Whereas I would buy the ghost figure. Oh yeah, she looks awesome. Second, that costume is just that one or Michelle Pfeiffer's, you know, Janet in that outfit. Oh, yeah. yeah, either one of those would sell, especially if they're done right. Yep. Well, just make them the one in a case instead of the like twelve in a case, and then it'll be a rare one, and then they don't have to spend. Well, as it is, most of them are one in a cases, like one or two. Usually, Spider Man. So that's two. Same amount of money to make the tooling. Mm. Yep. Yeah. Anyway, I want the wasp. The wasp is really good. Yeah. The one they already have out. I also want an hope. It's a hope wasp. Yeah. 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 Her her alternate is really good, though. Like, it it looks like her. Evangeline Lilly was brilliant in this movie. She was. It makes you wonder why she hasn't done much since Lost, except. She was in The Hobbit. Oh. 
Yeah, well, I never Everybody saw forgets she was in three movies. She was in Real Steel. Okay. Yep. Why? That yeah, she was the boxer. She's not a bigger star because nobody cared about those movies. I liked Real Steel. Uh, a lot of people Hobbit. saw the Hobbit. Had, Real Steel had big robots it. fighting each other. Come on! And oh, was that the Rock'em Sock'em Robot movie? Yeah. Oh, I didn't see that. Well, well I, where they advertise <laughs> the Xbox Seven uh, Seven Twenty or? Uh. I think um, she could. They could do a female, an all-female Avengers team now in the MCU. Well, they keep. Mentioning the idea because yeah. now we've got Wasp and Black Widow and Scarlet Witch. Who else have we got? Uh, there's got to be Shuri. Shuri, and who did you say? Akoye. Akoye. And Captain Marvel. Captain coming. Marvel is coming. So there's Sif. I, Sif. Oh, I were, Sif. We haven't seen you know her what? die. I think yeah, but she's got a network TV show that <laughs> won't let still her out. Still alive in the Marvel Mockingbird. Yeah, yeah oh, she's, she's still, still around. Maybe and Jessica made, Jones. Maybe if they made female, uh, maybe if they made the female characters actually look like them, like they're doing now with the realistic faces, then more of them would sell. But little boys don't want to play with little girl toys. Yeah, well, Marvel has to get their stick out of their ass. Also, little boys aren't buying toys anymore. They just want to play video games. It's adult boys that are <laughs> buying toys. Adult boys love boobies, so really, they should be buying the female characters. <laughs> kind of quite a few. Well, as many as there are. Or females have to start buying action figures as well. There you I go. I would if there were more female action figures. I have a Spider-Gwen and I have a Batgirl and I want to buy the Wasp and I like the uh, the uh, Scarlet Witch one that was in that pack yeah, with the, the photorealistic the face. With the, with the Vision. Vision yeah. Elizabeth the Olsen. One. Yeah. Scarlet Witch. And a lot of the other female characters that they put out I don't know who they are. Mm. <laughs> yeah. But uh, on a whole, like it's oh, and we have a Nico. I like the Nico. Hmm? What other female character? We have Nico a... from Runaways. Yeah. yeah. Who else do we have? We have um, the Green Girl. What's she Hulk? No. Gamora. Enchantress. Enchantress. But uh, on a whole, like uh, I like that. Once again, that's the thing I don't get is people crap on the all all the superhero movies that are the same. Marvel's done a really good job of kind of making, making distinct. Unique. Yeah. yeah different things yeah. and but well, all still good while I will admit like if you Ant-Man it, it has a lot of parallels with Iron Man in in certain things mm-hmm. the with the second one they got completely got away from well that's it, so. they pretty much for their origin stories have an or a, a formula yeah because you yeah. can say the same thing about that uh, Doctor Strange is similar to Iron Man or that just well you know everything because they, they know the what they do. Are, yeah. Right? Something happens and then they rise above it and become heroes. That's an origin. That's why every biography <laughs> of a musician tends to be pretty much the same. Like, if you look at the story arc between Ray and Walk the Line, very similar story all, all the yeah. way through it because it, that's how stories work. It's, you know, you need, you need something for them to overcome in order to be great. Because if they don't, and drugs, it just kind you of need sucks. drugs. <laughs> I think like what you were saying what about them articles? being unique is that I think that's why like my top five Marvel movies are different from your top Brent, your top five Marvel movies, what? and just because I see I like different things in movies, and what? all these Marvel movies are giving different audiences so different things. There have now been twenty Marvel films, and they they run the gamut from political thriller to science fiction, space opera. To yeah. uh, to high fantasy, to a comedy heist movie, I like. I'm thinking of genres we haven't seen yet. We haven't yet seen a, an MCU romantic comedy. 
that could be fun. Maybe a Vision and Scarlet Witch kind of movie. We almost got a little bit of that in Guardians, Ant Man, and Wasp to a certain extent. And Guardians, a little there's bit. a little bit of a of a romantic comedy in there, right? Mm. Like, you know, the back and forth between Scott and Hope. Yeah. Like the, there's if I of, had yeah, gone, you wouldn't have Nick gotten gone. Sort you know. of a Nick and Nora kind of vibe to them, yeah. Mm-hmm. And I'm just thinking about Star-Lord and Gamora in the first one. Yeah, there's that too. Yeah. So so I, I, it's nice that superhero movies aren't all the same. Exactly, yeah. yeah. And that's what... But I mean, the comics aren't all the same either. So no. it's nice that they're staying true to... to Instead of just saying, like you're saying, having like a formula of this is a superhero movie, it's nice that they're staying true to the source material and keeping what's unique in each of them, mm. in each movie. Yeah, Spider-Man is still awesome. The credit scene. Oh, my so. God. I was like, well, at least he's still alive. Well, you knew, you, yes. as soon as they said about watching for time tunnels, it was like, there you go, Avengers 4, that's that's what I kn- I am not convinced time travel is going to be any part I of Avengers 4. I hope not, 4. that's a nope. cop-out. The, to me, that, there's too much of that out there. Not when you for see them the, to, the set photos. Yeah, there's some, some set photos where it's like Cap's wearing his like yeah, Avengers costume. Back in 2012, but Thor, Thor, Thor has... Tony looks now, yeah. but everyone else is 2012. But at the same time, we don't know how much of that will actually. Well, make no, exactly. It we don't movie. know, and but it's like, just like that could be. It could be a part. flashback. Ant Man was another no, one. Ant Man's in the scene that I saw the trailer after we saw the movie again, and like there are so many scenes in that trailer that are not in that yeah, movie. Yeah, I noticed like that Thor too. Just like Thor Ragnarok, mm-hmm. it's yeah. just like Avengers remixed and yeah. stuff, right? So yeah, to me, like the time travel thing makes sense, but it almost makes too much sense. Uh, well, like I that still, Marvel is letting too much of that out for it to be true. I still think the movie Sorry. has to do with time travel, and also those healing. What the hell was it? Again? Healing particles. The healing yeah, particles. The healing particles, particles. I'm, 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 I'm the quantum agree. healing I think particles. Yeah. That'll be part of it, but, now, but I, I, I almost it's not time travel. I almost wonder if they just called them healing particles because it's healing her because she's got a quantum problem. Yeah, they're, he- <laughs> yeah, they're healing particles for for ghosts. ghosts. So who might be dead? Yeah, or dust. Well, somebody's got to find. And there's there's theories that like, oh, this plants the seeds for mutants, and I'm like. Yeah, I read those. Uh, I'm like, that's a stretch. Ow. Like, there's so many other things that can you know, like. Is like, yeah, and that also plants seeds for mutants, and that well, they don't well, even know if they're they, getting mutants yet. And well, yeah, is, the only thing that's holding that up is Fox actually has to just say yes or no, which isn't till the end of the month or something, yeah, isn't it? When like, they had their board meeting, yeah, but. Yeah, I like you, just waiting and going with it, whatever happens. Yeah, well, exactly. Just it's enjoy just a nice, the ride. It's a great tease to be like, because yeah. it was, well, what, what, what were Amanda and Wasp doing during this? I don't well, like now to we know. They were in San Francisco doing but experiments. I had weirdly yeah. almost forgotten about Infinity War when that, like, like that's how well the movie sucked me into. Yeah. Was it, when he gets sucked in, when, when he goes into the, the, the quantum realm. The quantum realm. And he's by himself there for that brief second. I'm like, Oh wait! Oh no! Yeah, <laughs> I felt the same way. And then, like, because I knew what was coming after that, but I had kind of forgotten. I didn't that. expect all of them. I know. I was like, oh, oh no! But at least he's not dust. Yep. I guess silver lining. Now, the the very very last scene, the after after credit scene mm-hmm. with the, the ant playing the drums. Yep. 
and there was the uh, the emergency broadcast. Yes, that's where I was going to get that. Yep. So I'm like, I'm wondering, have you guys read any rumors about what that means? What emergency broadcast? Well, it just in the overall like. Well, just, it's it, just something that is part it's of supposed network to mean, TV. Yeah, I know. Yeah, but is that, it supposed so to mean that all those people are gone and like well, no, it just, just goes empty or? No, it just means that you know. People, half the people by this thing. No, apparently I did one thing. I did read all life, so even animal life, except for gigantic. Ants. But yeah, he got whatever. Well, the no, he's just just like spared. just like Ant Man, just yeah. like Spider. Oh no, Spider Man didn't get oh, spared. Um, but yeah, no, our no, friend if, Nate if, Milton didn't get spared either. What? Oh, didn't you listen to our the, the episode? What which episode? The Infinity War episode oh, yeah. that we did. Oh, I did where, listen to where that. I, where I had Sorry. stars. Yeah, that was a long time ago. Nate faded away. He did. Mm-hmm. You're right. Um, but yet, he still manages to record podcasts for Kings of Sport like every week. Yeah, but that <laughs> took place in the 2000s. So. <laughs> Wibbly wobbly timey wimey. Exactly. Yeah. But yeah, well, if, if half the world's population disappeared, I'm sure that people would institute the emergency broadcast system to be like, yeah, I know, okay, I was, everybody settle down. Uh, something happened. A lot of people are dead. I was just wondering if there was... a lot of dust in the air. Yeah. Watch out for dust I was just Don't wondering in. if there was some deeper meaning to that scene because I was just like... Yeah, oh, yeah. And the ant just kept playing drums. his drums. And yeah. He, I was like, like was there anything was else on. that I missed He's going to take or? over for Neil Peart and Rush by yeah. the time he's done. <laughs> we'll have the all ant version of Rush. <laughs> So overall, thumbs up. Yes. Thumbs up. Thumbs up. Recommend it. Would watch again. Yep. Recommend it. Did watch again. Would watch it again. <laughs> so before we get on to geek picks, uh, oh crap! We are, I didn't think of a geek pick. Well, we well, you, you got can time think about now. it. We... Um, we are going to be out and about in the community a little bit. Well, particularly you three are. Yep. Because um, uh, by the by the time the this weekend, comes out, it'll, it'll be, be the, the weekend, weekend coming. after this episode appears. Yeah. So so what are you guys doing? Well, you might as well, you're the featured cosplayer at it, so you might as well take We're this. We're guests of the featured yeah. cosplayer. So, Elmdale <laughs> Sci-Fi Street. Elmdale uh, Sci-Fi, Fan- Sci-Fi and Fantasy Street Festival, uh, July 21st in Elmdale. So, what time does it start? Usually around the starting time. Okay. <laughs> in the morning. Yeah. <laughs> and it goes until sometime in the afternoon. Yes. It go. It starts when it starts. Starts and it ends it when, when when we leave. Done. Okay. So, um, so this one is, I guess it's the second year you guys went to yep. last year's. Kevin and I went and checked it out. It was fun. So, so they put out a call looking for featured cosplayers, and since this is right in our backyard, and I submitted an application saying, hey, I'd like to be a featured cosplayer. So uh, Melissa, who also helped out with... Um, the BPL Comic Con the last couple of years as well. Yep. So she she emailed and said, "Yeah, I could be a featured cosplayer." So that's great. Um, you know, I try to get more involved in the community around here. And when they told me that I have a booth and it's a fairly large booth, so <laughs> that's when we got invited. So then <laughs> they, they asked. She asked, uh, you know, how many how many people were part of my team, and it was like, I don't. Have a team. We're on Team Snowhawk. So I was like, "What?" I said, uh, "A couple of the guys from True North Nerds is gonna are gonna be joining me." And so, nope, all set up. So uh, I'm also supposed to be doing a pa- a panel. Ooh. Yeah. On. Are you are you judging cosplay at all? No. Is there a costume no. contest? There is a costume there contest. There is. 
and there's prizes available for adults kids. and kids. Yeah, adults oh. and kids. I'm gonna dress up. I wonder if I can enter the costume contest. I don't usually. I don't like being involved in costume. No, contests, I know, especially as a judge. I'll Oops. I'll host it. I'll have a lot of fun hosting it. But as far as judging them, um, I don't like judging them. Yeah, I've no. Judged, I've judged a couple before, like. PPL Comic Con or hey, you were good ha- with that Hamilton Comic Con, but I don't like judging just because I know what to look for and all that kind of stuff. It's just it's well, that's the point of that's why people ask have asked you to be a judge because you know what you're looking at and what you're looking for. You have people who have high expectations of their costume, and you yeah. have to tell them this is why you did not win. Yeah, so I'd rather just stand on stage and introduce people and have fun. Yeah, but. Uh, no, so I'm I'm looking forward to it. Uh, I guess members of Five Hundred First are going to be there. A couple other mm-hmm. future cosplayers. Uh, as far as panel, I've done. They're using the library as well as the community center this year. Oh wow, that's the expansion. Yeah, I and they they are their vendor list is full now too. Yeah, we're so. going to be in the community center. So apparently got a. She said 20-foot booth or something like that, which I oh, don't awesome. know what the hell. I think that's like one whole wall of the community center. Yeah, so I'm expecting just to have a table, but... I bought something to put on our table. It's being produced now. <laughs> Photos to come in the future. Mm-hmm. So, no, I'm glad to be involved. Uh, a few weeks back, I, um, I was involved with uh, oh, the Cottage yeah. Country Comic Con. Yep. So I was a featured cosplayer there. Yep. Which I will just leave it at that. Yeah. <laughs> so the event runs from 10 till 4 on Saturday, July 21st. So if you are in central Ontario, please stop by the small but lovable little town of Elmvale and uh, and visit us. Yeah, you won't be able to miss it too if you're passing through Elmville because if it's anything like last year, right yeah. at the main intersection in town, there's like a little um, community garden with a little bit of a bandstand, like a little shelter. They had a ba- live band playing geeky music oh, cool. and a DJ, and then they had uh, there was some cosplayers over there. The Doctor Who uh, Society, I think, was there last year because there was a Dalek running around. And yeah. you've also got a com- there's also a comic book shop in in Elmville as well. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, that's uh, Jackson Queens. Mm-hmm. They're a decent shop. They got a lot of good uh, good comics in there. A lot of toy, uh, the gaming stuff. They're big into gaming in there. Um, I just put the details on our Instagram account too. There you go. Awesome. So it cool. should be fun. Un- so un- yeah. and unfortunately, if- Jen and I can't go because uh, we are at my cousin's wedding. There Weddings and family stuff. Yeah. Yep. We but come out stuff. if you if you are there. Find us. Come by and tell us that you heard us. That you listened to us. And uh, we'll we give you a button. Well, I wasn't going to tell them what we were going to give them. I was just going to tease them. them. Hopefully, there's stuff. Button. You we'll get have some buttons. swag. So, in the uh, in the spirit of this sort of stuff, uh, I can tease a bit. Um, it should come. Probably doesn't come as any surprise, but I am once again uh, going to be hosting stuff at Fan Expo this year. Yeah. Uh, still, don't quite know what. Um, because that stuff's still being sort of put together and, you know, artists and writers drop out sometimes last minute. So we'll see. I, I've put my requests in for people I would like to talk to, but uh, um, we, I'll hopefully have more info by the time uh, the, the next episode comes out, I'm hoping. But if not, Fan Expo, uh, last weekend of August, first weekend of September, basically, 
and I will be around doing panels and hosting and generally being funny, I think. <laughs> um, along with that, uh, did, do you have anything else coming up, Ed? Or is that is that it for the schedule right now? That's it for the schedule because by time... Because you'll be back out on the yeah, road come fall. Yeah, by the time the done, then I'll be on the road again. So... Yeah, because after Fan Expo, we've got uh, BPL Comic Con. And then Hamilton. Hamilton Comic Con. And the Oral World's Fair. Yeah, Oral World's Fair. Uh, also, hoping to get down to London Comic Con for. Yeah, we're, we're talking about that too, so. Because uh, I did London a couple years ago, but it's changing. They changed the Western District Fair, so. The event's supposed to be moving into the Agriplex, and the Agriplex is kind of an interesting building. Oh, okay. So I kind of want to go to uh, see how remember, it's set up. I know they've got a guest or two that I want to see. I know our friend. I think our friend Jay Foss gets there that weekend, but I think they have Shatner. Oh wow, that's I a thick. I'd have to look it up. Yeah. Oh um, well, plus like I've got a lot of cosplay friends. Hang it, who live down in London, like uh, Medieval Lab, Mad Love Cosplay, and uh, and Messiah Complex. So that's the whole idea is head down there for a day and just cosplay a bit and drink a whole lot more. There you so, go. Um, <laughs> and then after that, I'm pretty much done for the year until DTAC in December. Yeah, it's... That's a that's a small that's a shopping show basically. Yeah, it's for, a shopping like, show. But, but, and then usually people have uh, Christmas based cosplays. But uh, yeah. Um, yeah, last year I just happened to be around for it because that was my plan. But now this fall I'll be pretty much on the road. I just have to come up with where I'm going to be. Like a couple weeks ago, I was able to go to Deadwood and South Dakota and. Go to the grave of uh, Wild Bill Hancock. So that was kind of cool. Cool. Anybody else got any uh, community notes? Um, not at the moment, no. I don't okay. believe. No. no. So let's go to Geek Picks. Who wants to start? Who's I'll got start. A good one? I got a good one. You got a good one? Yep. Okay. So while out on a tour hunt recently with Brent, we were in Walmart and diving through the uh, cheap DVD bins and Blu-ray bins, and I found the Blu-ray copy of the 15th anniversary of The Frighteners. The Frighteners. For uh, Michael J. Fox, Michael J. Fox Ooh, Peter, Peter Jackson. Well, you can borrow mine because hey. I have it on Blu-ray. It's I uh, got the, the original and the director's cut, which has a whole whopping 15 minutes extra. Ooh. Um, I just watched the theatrical cut when I watched it the other night because I just wanted to watch the movie. And uh, it's been uh, up-resed. It's been cleaned up. It looks beautiful. Uh, and it holds up. Even yeah. some of the, the special effects, like it's, you know, the ghost, some of them are a little, ah, but it's like, it, it all, all in all, it holds up. It's a good movie. It's fun. Well, and the other important thing with Frighteners, too, if, you, if we didn't have Frighteners, we wouldn't have Lord of the Rings. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. Uh, that was his. That was his big screen audition. Mm-hmm. So, oh, like, it, it could tell, show what Weka could do with special effects and all that kind of stuff. And, and Peter Jackson puts himself in it. You see him. <laughs> uh, 
uh, Michael J. Fox's character bumps into him early on, and when he's in the uh, in the town, it's a quick little. Oh, he bumps into him in the street, and it's like, oh yeah, that's Peter Jackson. You know what my favorite acting role of Peter Jackson's is? Which have you seen Hot Fuzz? Yes, he is the Santa that stabs uh, uh, Simon Pegg in the hand. You just oh. see the still photos of it. He's the Santa who stabs. Okay, I've not seen that movie since <laughs> it was in theaters, so it's I do the, not it's remember. It's the reason it why he's been off. For a while, is he he got stabbed by a Santa? Oh, okay. Yeah, there's there, would never there's do that. two really good cameos in that. It's that and yeah. his girlfriend who's been uh, cheating on him before he moves is Kate Blanchett, the yes. the one that's in all the the uh, the toxic suit with the the mask and stuff like that. It's Kate Blanchett. She she basically bought the part in an auction for charity. <laughs> So yeah, so that's my geek pick. Go that's out a good movie. It. I paid a whopping eight dollars for it. I paid fifteen for it on Blu-ray. Mm. I paid eight dollars for it on Blu-ray. Two two disc, I think. No, is it two <laughs> discs or is it what, two movies on one disc? I don't remember that now. Either way, Kevin. So I spent this past weekend around a different kind of nerd. Uh, I was given passes to the Mariposa Folk Festival this mm-hmm. weekend. So I was around a lot of music nerds this weekend. Yep. This is an event that happens in Aurelia every summer. It's, uh, it's a music festival that's been going on for over 50 years now. It moved out of town for quite a few years, and then it's now it's back. It brings a lot of people and money into Aurelia. <laughs> uh, and I had never... I thought I had gone before, and if I had, I think I just came in for one show and left. Yeah. Uh, but I was offered these passes, and oh my god, I had such a great time. There, it's called a folk festival, but there was music of pretty much any yeah, genre. Yeah, it's, it's kind of like the the Montreal Jazz Festival is Friday not- night's headliner group was walk off the earth which is a a new group uh you know they're hot on the internet ellen discovered them i knew of them them, but oh my gosh do they put on an amazing show Hmm. every member of that band plays at least a dozen instruments and they play them all on stage they're the ones who sing shut up and dance with me Yes. Yeah. So that played and on the radio forever. They um they also do a number where all five of them play one guitar. Oh, cool. Oh, I've seen that on the internet. Yeah. yeah. It, and they do it live. It's amazing. Um. <laughs> for, uh, so that was Friday night's headliner. Saturday night's headliner was Alan Doyle. Uh, of uh, Great of Big C. Great Big C, which is no longer around that band, but but uh, he sang some Great Big C songs. He did C sing songs. a bunch of Great Big C songs. Um. And then uh, Sunday nights. Headliner was sort of your classic folk music person, Buffy St. Marie, who at 77 years old has more energy than I do. (laughs) She's amazing. (laughs) Now, on top of that, all day, there are like six stages with different kinds of music happening all the time. There were songwriting sessions. There were drum circles. There were puppet shows for kids. I ended up doing um, karaoke with a live band. There was a <laughs> band that came in, and they have, have, they have a 350-song What did you end up doing? What song? Yeah. Well, uh, they uh, they didn't have my typical go-to karaoke song. So I which is which? Uh, Brian Wilson by Bare Naked Ladies. Okay. My I'm kind of surprised that they, don't, they didn't have that. They didn't have any Bare Naked Ladies on Weird. their list at Weird. all. Okay. Anyway, so I ended up singing... Summer of 69 by Brian Adams. Oh, I love that song. <laughs> so and, it was fun. And what, is that one of those cases, too, where you realize how many of the words you don't actually know well, to that song? Well, they have an iPad, so the oh, lyrics okay. were there. But, and I checked the lyrics first before I 
cho- wrote that song down because I'm like, I want to make sure that I know the bridge and, you know. Especially if it's live. And- yeah, yeah. Uh, the only problem was there was no um, lead mic in the monitor, so I couldn't hear myself. I had no yeah. idea if I sounded okay with the band. My friends who were there said I did, so uh, that was that was cool. Um, this band, um, they actually play regularly at the rec room. In Toronto. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, I know there's. I knew there's. There's a couple places in Toronto that do live karaoke. They're called like that. Good Enough. Huh? The good, the good Enough Karaoke Band. Because <laughs> uh, a friend of our show, Jason Agnew, he he's a big karaoke freak, or at least was for quite a while, and he's. I think that's the group he's done. He's done the live karaoke with. It was people. fun. Uh, no, wait. You know what? It can't be because he does. Um, one week. By bare naked ladies, so it couldn't have been the same one. Yeah, anyway, that, that's so, his go-to. Apparently, it was it was fine. Um, there, there was uh, the food. There was amazing. They auditioned the food vendors as well as the artists. Oh, really? So they had amazing wood-fired pizzas. You could get Indian, Thai. They had Japanese fried octopus balls. You could. Yeah. There was uh, really good barbecue. <laughs> Uh, was it was it was really good food and it wasn't too expensive. No, and uh, it was just it was just fun. Tentacles? So your geek pick is, is for people to go next. Go next year, year to uh, to Mariposa. Okay. Uh, Thirty thousand people went this year. You know what's a little weird? Coincidentally, is that Gordon Lightfoot, who is a staple of Mariposa. Oh yeah, he showed up on Saturday afternoon. Oh, did he? Yeah. Okay, because the night before he closed Massey Hall. Yep, his... and then Saturday afternoon he drove up to his hometown and. Yep. I didn't actually see him. I was off doing something else. I'm but. technically related. Well, who isn't? I've never <laughs> met him, though. I, he was like my pokeroo when I was growing <laughs> up. Uh, the the few family functions he came to, it was like, which to my memory were funerals. He had left when I showed up. So he was really you in a costume is what you're saying? No. <laughs> Because that's what Pokeru. Wearing a Brent costume. <laughs> so he's this is really Gordon Lightfoot sitting right here. Oh, okay. So yeah, uh, Mariposa cool. Folk, really fun. Uh, do you want to go, Jen, or does Ed get to go? I'm doing a cop out geek pick. I know beyond Squirrel Girl. <laughs> well, always Squirrel Girl. Um, well, especially this week because Squirrel Girl Steve Ditko was co-creator of Squirrel Girl. Yeah, that's sad. Useless but I still info. Like Squirrel Girl. Um, my cop-out is uh, um, the first Ant-Man movie. <laughs> we do this segment every episode. I know. <laughs> I've had a stressful week. <laughs> Watch the first Ant-Man movie and read Squirrel Girl. <laughs> Ed, and can you redeem with the kid that you said geek pick? Not that hers can, was bad. I don't know if you can follow that up. I don't know if I can follow I that up. I said it was a cop-out. <laughs> One thing with me, with my travel schedule lately, I've been, I haven't been able to do geek stuff. Like, I was in... Yeah, but you've been watching movies and TV shows. Yeah, like, I was in Wisconsin, and I was able to catch Solo when it came out, and and that kind of stuff. But the one thing I did pick up, uh, I was down in Buffalo in May, and I ended up picking up a copy of Tour of Duty. The TV show? Uh, the, tour, the TV show. Okay. 27 bucks US at Best Buy. DVD or Blu-ray? DVD. Nice. So it's all three seasons. And I remember when I was a kid, and that show come out, that I just absolutely loved it. 
Especially season one. Like season one was a lot of well, there was good action. Tour of Duty came out and China Beach around the same time. China Beach was more towards 88, 89. Yeah. Tour of Duty came out in 87. And I still remember like when that first came out, the soundtrack in that TV series was unbelievable. And this is before I really knew the Rolling Stones. <laughs> like, I'm a huge Stones fan now. But the show used to start with Paint It Black. Mm-hmm. And that was really iconic. Oh, yeah. One of the complaints about the DVD, which is released they by Mill Creek. have to take Creek, out a lot of the music? All the music is out. Yeah. There's only... The only music that's still in the show is the one episode where um, it's the USO. So the... The actors are performing the music, so... Oh, okay, so you, there's probably a weird little loophole in there. Yeah, but... Yeah. Uh, or, or at least it's cheaper. So, so, like, the beginning, yeah, they've taken Paint It Black out of there, and they've put in just a... It was music that was recorded for... It's kind of like the synthesizer, Asian-inspired music. Yeah. It... You know, but by the time you're binge watching it and you get thirty something episodes in, you start. You skip the title sequence, anyways. Um, yeah. Now, yesterday I was watching it on my computer, and of course I've got the full Stones library on my computer, so I, I just keyed up Paint It Black to start, <laughs> just to, just see, to get the feel, just you know, set just the mood, get, yeah, just yeah. to get that that feel. But um, like currently, I'm halfway through season two, which things changed in season two. They added more romantic elements to the story. Yeah, I'm looking forward to season three because that's when Carl Weathers comes in, and then that's where the 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 team ends up yeah. working for Carl Weathers. So many shows of that era have been thwarted and re-released due to music rights. Yep, like, uh, I know. Like Wonder Years is one of those shows where it took like forever for it to come out. WKRP in WKRP Cincinnati. WKRP is another one. Yeah. No, it was a, it, that was a show like. You know, when it came out in 87, um, of course, I was getting deeper and deeper into G.I. Joe back then. So I used to just love watching that show. And Plus Vietnam, the whole Vietnam era, like growing up in the 80s, you know, that's what the A-team were. A-team were Vietnam veterans. John Rambo was a Vietnam veteran. There was yeah. so much vietnam stuff back then and then i had also at that time started learning that my uncle was uh did two two tours in vietnam so that's always been the one war that i've really been interested in um so no so that's that's the thing i've been geeking out on lately um and then i guess the other thing was ryan and i went to go see Jurassic World. Oh, yeah, that's right. I completely forgot about that. um, I I enjoyed it. Uh, Some of the complaints are it's too much like The Lost World, the the second Jurassic Park movie, but that works for me because I love The Lost World. (laughs) But do we get a hit? Do they go to space in the third one? Do we get that hit? (laughs) No. They pile all the dinosaurs in a rocket? No, no rockets, but... Spoiler, all the dinosaurs are loose. In North America... Interesting. Yeah, I kind of so. got that from the. <laughs> no, really, the. That's the how it trailer, ends. Like the trailers, yeah. yeah, no. That is the very ending of the movie. Oh yeah. Yeah, most of the, like the 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 dinosaur, like in the in the bedroom with the little girl. Yeah. That's all self-contained. That has 
That's not. That's, that's not at like, the part where that's everything not like happens. That's like the Lost World where the T Rex is running around San Diego. Yeah, yeah, because uh, none of the like, that doesn't happen in this movie. This movie ends with the dinosaurs getting basically where the T Rex is roaring at the lion at the zoo. That's the very last scene in the movie. No, yeah. and that's just like as part of a clip package where it's like, well, oh, yeah, the dinosaurs last, are last scene is blue. is blue. Yeah, I'm still hoping that we get to go and. But see I it. really enjoyed it. Uh, there okay. was a lot more Chris Pratt humor, and like one of the my favorite lines I end up saying today. So it's like, remember, if I don't come back, you asked me to come here. <laughs> <sighs> so with uh, my geek pick, I'm going to go with. Uh, Steve Ditko's Doctor Strange. Mm. Um, one of the things that I is I I always kind of find odd with I don't know if it's just me or not, but it I have a feeling you are too. Is even though he's the co-creator of Spider-Man, I don't associate Ditko with he wasn't my Spider-Man artist. No, yeah, is like the oldest. I'm thinking is like Ramita Senior is the one that I always kind of picture. Or, or yeah, yeah, or. Uh, Really, my childhood is like McFarlane, basically. Yeah, it's like, like for a, me, like Eric Larson. And Eric Larson, McFarlane. But Steve Ditko's Doctor Strange stuff is really interesting. Like, it is. Now, did he draw it or write it? He drew it, and well, it was the Marvel method at the time, right? He plotted it, drew it, and then Stan Lee came in and filled in the world, word bubbles. Okay. So, what era was that? Like, what years? Uh, 60s. 60s. Yeah. So like, really got, trippy it, stuff then. See, I don't know what it's uh what it's reprinted in right now other than I'm I assume there's Marvel Masterworks with it. I know there's an omnibus of it out there somewhere. I've got the uh remember those Marvel Essentials they were putting out the black and white mm-hmm. cheapo trades. I've got one of those of Doctor Strange like the first volume and it's it's really interesting the design elements that he used in it, especially for like all the weirdo magic stuff like the different realms and things like that like it's a it's one of those things that like you read about this guy and how straight laced he is but if you didn't know any better and just read doctor strange you would assume he was doing acid the entire time he was drawing it but not so and like and a lot of his his spider-man work and doctor strange work paves the way for other comics much much later like watchman is uh, Dave Gibbons totally took from Ditko. It's that nine-panel grid all the way through Watchmen. Like it, it, at first, uh, it, like it's one of those things you don't realize, and it's the exact same thing Ditko did with Spider-Man and Doctor Strange. Even if it's having that grid and dividing a single image up in that grid. Yeah. And and also his like the question is like one of my favorite characters ever. <laughs> it's question. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, it's like a, a weird thing is though is the que- again it's like the question I like wasn't Ditko's question no. though is like I like his design of the character right. but it, it got it got changed a lot when uh, Denny O'Neill got his hands on him but uh, yeah so d- there's multiple ways you can check out the Steve Ditko Doctor Strange comicsology or just to trade it and your shop has it in some form or another. It might even be at the library. Yep. So that brings us to the end of another episode of True North Nerds. Yay. I have no idea what we're talking about next episode. <laughs> San Diego. San Diego. Uh, Elmville Sci-Fi Fest. 
and maybe if we're maybe lucky, maybe my funeral if I keep up with this. Well, job. not that, but maybe the thing we ordered today might show up by then. Oh, maybe we'll see. <laughs> There's maybe a we'll tease. get to go and see Jurassic World, and we can watch it for Jurassic. Oh, does Teen Titans come out before then? No, it's, no, it's uh, July twenty seventh. Oh, okay. I thought it was. I got. Oh. Mm-hmm. Okay, I can't. I can't help on July twenty seventh. You can't help what? Well, you were going to take the kids. Well, maybe. Because I'm, well, maybe my I'm helping our, our archivist move. Apparently. It sounds like an off-air conversation. Yeah, probably. <laughs> we will come up well, with so something to talk about. about. Your poop, but I left that in too. <laughs> no, well, I just was talking about <laughs> you and whether fair. you're helping your kids or not. I don't care. We can keep talking about my poop if you want to. I'm, what do you want to know? <laughs> On that note, uh, uh, we'll see you in two weeks with a new episode. You guys are lucky you get to Tonight. stop now. <laughs> Set your phasers to sexy. You've been listening to the True North Nerds, recorded at the Utility Cupcake Research Kitchen. Reach the nerds on Twitter at True North Nerds, on Facebook under, surprise, True North Nerds. And you can reach them by email at truenorthnerds at gmail.com. If you like the opening theme song, it's called Set Your Phasers to Sexy by Kirby Crackle from the album Sounds Like You. Please go to kirbycracklemusic.com or look them up on iTunes and buy everything that they have made. You won't regret it. So set your phasers to sexy.